say the game is getting old Monday morning and your coffee's cold Life is not what you want it to be Hello everyone and welcome to A New Direction. My name is Jay Izzo and oh my gosh, we have a positively communicative show today. <laughs> well, the guys know what I'm talking about when I say that. But the truth of the matter is when it comes to, oh, and i got to get rid of that phrase, the truth of the matter is. So feel free to correct that. Okay, that's the first one today. So what we have, what we have is we have two professors who have written an outstanding book called Positive Communication for Leaders, Proven Strategies for Inspiring Unity, Effective, and Affecting Change. Right? This is the book. Available on Amazon, bookstores near you. If you go to into a bookstore like, let's say, a Barnes & Noble, and they don't have it, you tell them, get it. Okay? By the way, here's another thing that you can do. By the way, go to your librarian. This is something I learned when I wrote my first, first book. Go Have people go to the library and ask them to get the book. It's a great, it's another great thing for you to do as well. So um, ask, ask people to get it because the book is really fantastic. It is, it is a book, and as I'm putting together the Amazon five-star review for this book, one of the things that I've said is whether you're an aspiring leader or are currently a leader, this should be required reading, absolutely required reading. And even if you're not in leadership, and by the way, we, I think we all are on some level, we're all in leadership. These six behaviors that they talk about in this book, which is going to be your compass to determine um, if you're doing well right? And if you're headed in the right direction, I'm just telling you, this book is, is outstanding. And, uh, certainly one of the top five books I've read this year. And I, and I read a book a week, right? So there's, there's 52 books is top five, absolutely top five. Book. And so, um, and so it's absolutely one of the best books I've read this year. So we're going to talk to them about this. We're going to dig in. Please, uh, as you're watching us live all over the world, uh, you can type in your questions. Uh, Julian and Alex will be happy to answer your questions live on the air. Um, we're happy to do that as well. So before we get to them, let's do what we do every week. Right? We are four-part people. We're physical, mental, emotional, spiritual people. And the truth of the matter is we are never static. In fact, um, the saying here is if you're not growing, you're dying because we never stay the same. And so what we have you do is we have you evaluate yourself on a scale of one to 10 in all these four areas. Um, one being, ugh, couldn't get any worse. And then 10 being, it really can't get any better in all four of these areas. So for example, physically, how would you say on a scale of one to 10, you're doing getting enough exercise, drinking enough water, getting enough sleep, eating right. And if you're at five being average, how would you say you're doing? All right, listen, whatever that number is, I don't want you to panic about that because let's just call that a starting point, okay? Because we're not evaluating outcomes here. We're evaluating your performance, meaning that I can always perform better. I can't control the outcome, but I can control what I can do right now, right? And that's your performance, right? So if you're a 2.5, how do we get you to a 3, right? If you're a 7, how do you get to a 7.25, right? So that's the physical number, okay? That's your first number. Second number is that mental intellectual number. Right. And, you know, I say this all the time and it's really true. You know, you can't be a couch potato and just think that somehow magically you're going to absorb information and you're going to grow mentally and intellectually from that. That's just not going to happen. Right. We have to be an active participant in our knowledge and understanding and our wisdom and our growth. Great way to do that. Ladies and gentlemen, read a book. Fabulous way to work both halves of your brain, your right brain, your left brain, the right side being creative, left side being logical. There's other things you can do too that, that can be a lot of fun. I, take up an instrument, learn a foreign language. There's a lot of ways you could do that, but be an active participant. So on a scale of one to 10, how would you say you're doing mentally and intellectually? All right, that's your second number. 
Third number is the emotional uh, component. Now, I'm going to make it real simple because, you know, Daniel Goleman has done a lot of work in the area of emotional intelligence. And in fact, I would argue that uh, these two gentlemen here that are joining me today have some, have some things to say about emotional intelligence as part of changing your behavior. I would absolutely argue that. Uh, the word empathy comes to mind, right? The word compassion comes to mind. Those are, I would argue, are emotional components, right? And they talk about it in this book. So what we do here, though, is I want you to evaluate yourself on these two levels. One is how well are you able to control your emotions when you're under stress and pressure? And then secondly, how well are you able to tap into and understand the emotion of another person? I think both Julian and Alex would agree with me that leadership requires both. I think to be a positive communicator, you have to have both. I don't think it's possible to be compassionate and empathetic and understand your people if you're not at your best emotionally. So on a scale of one to 10, how would you say you're doing there? Okay. Then finally, the fourth number, and that's the spiritual number. And a lot of people are going to be, oh, I don't feel comfortable with the spiritual thing. It's not comfy for me. Truth is, we're all spiritual. We all live by faith. Uh, you drank your cup of coffee this morning, believing it wasn't poisonous. You turned the key on your car, pushed the button in your car, believing that it would start. You saw the walk sign across the street, believing that you could walk and no cars were going to hit you. You stepped off the curb this morning, believing that you weren't going to fall down. You sat in the chair in your office today and you believed it wasn't going to collapse. So the truth of the matter is we live by faith. You made plans, right? And, and you made those plans. You believe they're going to happen and they happen. It's faith. But there's also a spirit within us, right, that wants to connect and wants to wants to connect with something. And what brings you back to a centeredness and peace in the midst of chaos? Is it God? Is it nature? Is it meditation? Is it something else? And is it working? In a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate your spiritual life? Now, those four areas are like the air in the tires of your car. So if one of the, air, if one of the tires are low, what happens? The car veers. It's very hard to control. Right? If two tires are low, oh, it makes things worse. But what if all four tires are low? Well, eventually you're going to ruin the car. Well, you know what we want to do here is we want to bring up your tires to the right height. And speaking of two gentlemen who do that, it's Julian Maravel and Alex Lyon. And Julian C. Maravel is professor of applied communication at the University of Arkansas, Little Rock. He is among the founding scholars in the emerging field of positive communication and an award-winning teacher and scholar. He's published. He's been published in the most prominent journals. In the field of communication, he served in a number of leadership roles, uh, including co-director of uh, the Academy for Teaching and Learning Excellence. Um, he's been an associate dean, and, and in the last five years alone, he's delivered hundreds of keynote trainings, uh, and keynotes and trainings and workshops on how to communicate effectively, effectively across context. He is a TEDx speaker. I bet you can find his TEDx on YouTube, and if you can't find it there, I promise you can find it probably on julianmiravel.com, and that is J-U-L-I-E-N-M-I-R-I-V-E-L.com. And Alexander Lyon, right? We're going to call him Alex today. I think he's okay with Alex. Uh, he's a professor of communication at the State University of New York, Brockport, and a professor uh, and a professional speaker and consultant. His teaching focuses mainly on communication in the workplace and leadership. His first book, Courageous Organizational Communication Case Studies, looks at both inspirational workplaces and cautionary tales. He has published original research in peer-reviewed journals, such as Communication Monographs, Management Communication Quarterly, Journal of Applied Communication Research, and the list goes on. And for two decades, 
He's consulted or spoken, which by the way, two decades, he doesn't look old enough to be around for two decades. He has uh, consulted or spoken for the likes of, you may have heard of some of these, Nike, Google, Visa, Center for Homeland Defense and Security. Yeah, I spoke there too. He, he uh, has his own YouTube channel uh, and is founder of Communication Coach Academy. You can learn more by going to alexanderlyon.com and that's Alexander, A-L-E-X-A-N-D-E-R-L-Y-O-N. Dot com. So ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, my two professors and soon to be my two friends and welcome gentlemen, first time to A New Direction. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Thanks for having Thank us, you Jay. So much. All right. So uh, guys, I before the show started, I said I was going to throw down the gauntlet on you and I'm certainly going to do that. And so I'm going to start with Julian and uh, I'm going to start with you. And then Alex, I'm going to let you, um, going to let you chime in after. And that is I don't think, I know you say it's a communication book, but I don't think it's a communication book. I want to argue that this is a psychology business book because you guys focus on behavior and behavioral change. Prove me wrong, Julian. Well, I don't want to, you know, I mean, if you're going to put the book in the, in the volume of, uh, you know, trying to create change in behavior, that is what we're about. It is a book about communication, though, in the sense that we do focus on messaging and what people say and do. And probably one of our biggest premise is this. You know, in psychology, we do have a tendency to think about what goes on in the mind and maybe even sometimes in the heart. But what we argue in the book is that leadership, you know, people don't have access to your thoughts. They don't have access to your emotions. What they do have access to is the way you communicate. And if you can make a change there then we believe that you can become a better leader and even a better person. Okay. All right. Okay. I, that's pretty good, Julian. I think it's pretty good. I'm not still convinced that's not a psychology book. Alex, what do you, what do you got that, what do you, what do you got to prove me wrong here? Well, again, like Julian, I'm not going to try to prove you all wrong, Jay, <laughs> but I do have an opinion on it. And that is that communication and psychology really both looking at people from two different angles, similar angles though, grant you. I think the only real difference here is besides what Julian said about how we give you message strategies and ways to talk to the other person is that this book is really about relationships. It's mm -hmm. about communicating in relationships to develop those relationships further and to strengthen those connections. And I think once you get into that side of things, you're squarely in the field of communication, not to, and by the way, communication, and we have psychological roots. We don't, psychology is like, I think the oldest social science. So a lot of areas are influenced by it. So you're not really wrong. I don't think we can prove you're wrong, but we, we wrote it from a communication and relationship angle. Well, well thank you for indulging me on that gentlemen. I really, no, what were you gonna yeah. say, Julian? Go ahead. Well, I was mostly going to say, you know, and we we want to promote our discipline too. It has something to say. It brings a new perspective, particularly in the notion of how to to create what Alex was describing, create these relationships and using words and language and uh, sometimes even nonverbal actions to do so. Mm, beautiful. Great. Well, listen, the book is fantastic. Guys, uh, I, I really, Thank I really you. do love the book, and it's fantastic. And you're, we're going to help a lot of people today. So, folks, get out your notepads unless you're driving in your car. Uh, please don't do that. Um, I would rather that you didn't. Uh, but if you're watching us on DBTV and uh, or you're, you know, in a place where you can take some notes, take some notes today because these are going to be uh, life changing 
and business changing for you. Chapter one, which is entitled Positive Communication for Leaders. Um, you, 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 by the way, just for let people know that they have call out boxes throughout the book um, to get you to actually do take action on a number of things. Um, one of the first things I'm going to take as a call out box, which is box one, one, your most inspirational leader. And this is for the people out there. I just want you to I just listen to me. I want you to think about the most inspirational leaders for whom you've ever worked. And I want you to develop a solid picture of who they are. Recall what it was like to work for them. And now here's some questions for you to ask. What emotions did they bring out of you? What did they do to make you feel this way? What aspect of the leadership style encouraged excellence in you? And what were their habits, their personality traits, and their core behaviors? All right. That, that's how I want this to start this with so that you don't get an understanding for what these two men have done. And you, you both have uh, said, you both start off with something that it's very important to me. It says, establish your commitments. And uh, Alex, you talk, I'm going to have you talk about this, but there's three, there's three commitments that you want us to make out front. One is that a commitment to excellence, two is a commitment to bringing out people's best, and three is a commitment to long-term investment in others. When you ask us to make those commitments, what are you really, what do you really want us to do? Well, I really want anyone who wants to take positive communication and leadership seriously to come at this from an authentic point of view, an authentic heart and spirit. Because when too often we think of communication as a tactic, people in sales are always trying to use communication tricks to close more deals. And that is not what this is about. This is about an authentic, genuine care for other people and a long-term commitment to developing positive relationships. So if you take that and you invest in people, truly invest in people, then we believe that things are going to work out. If, however, you say, oh, I get it. This is another little clever thing that I can do to get what I want, manipulate the situation, then this is not the framework for you. So we're just trying to put our assumptions and beliefs up front and hopefully the reader will come alongside us and agree that relationships are a really important bottom line that we believe in and we hope everybody else does too. Julian, what would you add uh, to these three commitments, excellence, bringing out the best in people and the commitment to long-term investment in others? Well, you know, it's the first one for me. It's, it's also about excellence, this idea that I think all of us, you know, we, we try to aspire to be better people. And if you are in a leadership role, it's because you want to make a difference and you want to influence others and in some ways probably want to be an example. So to me, positive communication also includes this idea of stretching yourself and moving towards the great virtues. You know, we're not going to be, none of us are going to be an all compassionate person. None of us are going to be an all courageous person. But what we can do is do small behaviors that move us in that direction. And, and for us, that can be simple, you know, maybe initiating an interaction that you know is going to be difficult, maybe sharing something in an honest way, or even providing compassion and understanding and listening when a person, one of your employees needs it. Those little moments as what's stretching us towards these greater uh, mode, you know, what we call excellence. Mm. Beautiful. Uh, both of you, by the way. Okay, so... This book revolves around, and you, you titled this subsection, Your Compass, and it's called, Our Compass is, you say, Our Compass is the Wheel of Positive Communication. 
And uh, this is where the book is going to revolve around. And so, Julian, I'm going to, Julian, I know you developed this. Uh, I would like you to kind of help us, help the listener get an overview, if you will, or, or a feel for when you say wheel of positive communication, what are you, what are we trying, really talking about here so that they can kind of put the pieces together as we move along? Sure. Thanks so much. So, you know, the wheel of positive communication is a simple model I developed now 10 years ago that was designed to give people concrete behaviors that they could focus on to become better communicators in their own personal and professional relationships. So to me, the model highlights six things that we can continuously work on and improve as we develop communication competency. The first behavior is greeting. And I propose in the model that when you greet, you have the ability to create connection. The second behavior is really in the power of questions. When we ask questions, we put ourselves in a position of discovery. The third behavior is about complimenting because when we compliment, we affect people, people's sense of self, their identities, but more importantly, who they become. It has the future projection on that individual. The fourth behavior is disclosing, and disclosing simply means revealing who you are in an authentic and genuine way. And when we do that effectively, we can deepen the relationships that we have with others. The fifth behavior uh, is going to be uh, encouraging, and I believe that when we encourage, we have the ability to give, right? Communication is an act of giving, to give each other the support we need to overcome challenges and, and ultimately succeed. And then finally, the last behavior is listening. And when we listen really deeply, we can transcend the perceived differences that exist between us and other people. So if you want to improve your communication, you want to start with these six kinds of cornerstones for building yourself up and your capacity for communicating more positively and more effectively with others. That's, that's well done. Alex, what would you add to the what would you add to this wheel? to give people a better thought process or also think about it? Well, I think what I would add is something that we were talking about, Jay, earlier uh, before the show, and that is, in some ways, this is like a checklist. This is not a list of ideas. It's really, the question is, are you doing them? Saying that, oh, you should start by greeting people sounds so simple, right? But the question is, how are you doing at that? Are you actually pausing, putting your device away and greeting people intentionally or are you just sort of looking down at your screen and breezing by them in the hallway are you doing them so we like to think about this as like the fundamentals of baseball it's about hitting it's about throwing the ball and it's about catching the ball and it's easy to say those things but the people the professional baseball players the best of the best get really good at this to the point where it becomes an art and that's what we believe these are it's checklist. Are you doing these? And then how good can you get at each of these six behaviors up to the level of mastery? Mm, I love that. Um, okay. So let, let's, let's, I'm going to start with you, Alex, and let's talk about greeting since you brought it up because that is chapter two. And, uh, and, and by the way, it's titled greet to create human contact. So it's not just about saying, hello, everyone. Hello, friends at uh, the Jim Nance. It's not about just, right, hello, friends, as, as he uh, does uh, the masters. Uh, and it's not about me doing hello, welcome to a new direction. There's more to greeting to create human contact. Help us get a basic understanding of when we say step one, greeting, What is what do you really mean here? 
Well, it's especially it's important for everybody, especially for leaders. As a leader, you want to adopt a disposition with, that you're moving in the direction of other people. You're seeking out those connections. We say in the book, and others have said this, that we believe that leaders have communication-based responsibilities. And one of those responsibilities is to initiate the interaction. Because once you greet other, another person, you begin a sequence of communication and you open the relationship, but also it sets you up for more task-related conversations that inevitably will follow. So greetings are essential. And in fact, when they're missing, Jay, that's when the trouble starts. Mm -hmm. If you've ever seen people breeze by each other and not greet, you can feel a little awkwardness, a little tension. If someone comes in a meeting room and just sits down and flips open their laptop and doesn't look around and greet people, it can feel very awkward. It's hard to work with people like that when they haven't taken the time to say in a variety of ways, I see you, you matter, I'm acknowledging you, I care about you enough to pause and take a few moments to connect with you before we get to the work at hand. So it's all about moving in the direction of others, being approachable, forming that connection initially. And we believe that's a leader's responsibility. That's awesome. Now, I'm going to get to you, Julian, but we're going to take a quick break here, and then we're going to, we're going to finish up greeting and then move on. Now, you're listening to both uh, Julian Maribel and Alex Lyon and their book, uh, Positive Communication for Leaders, Proven Strategies for Inspiring Unity and Affecting Change. We're just getting started, so you haven't missed a whole lot. But stay with us. We'll be right back because you're listening to him here on A New Direction. Hey, folks, uh, my sponsors, uh, two great ones, actually. Uh, and one is Epic Physical Therapy. Uh, the truth of the matter is whether you're coming from an injury, surgery, suffering everyday aches and pains, maybe you're an athlete, uh, professional even, uh, and you just want to move better, the elite team at Epic PT will provide you with a customized treatment program that is designed specifically for you. Listen, when you're ready for your epic relief, your epic recovery, your epic results, don't look any further. Just go to epicpt.com. That's E-P-I-C-P-T.com. You'll be so glad that you did. And Linda Craft Team Realtors. For now going on 39 years, they have helped people all over the world transition in life. And you went, well, wait, 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 I thought they were real estate people. Yeah. Well, what do they got to do with transitioning in life? Well, think about it. Every place you've ever lived has been a life transition, all right? So they've worked with thousands of people all over the world to help them take the stress out of that part of that life transition. And they've done it successfully with thousands of people. So they do know how to make that transition. So listen, when you're ready to make your net transition, whether it's selling a home or buying a home, start with Linda Craft Team Realtors. That's lindacraft.com. It's L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T.com. And we're back here on A New Direction uh, with... Uh, uh, professors Julian Mirabel and Alex Lyon, their book, Positive Communication for Leaders, Proven Strategies for Inspiring Unity and Affecting Change. Uh, we're just getting started. We're talking about greeting uh, people. And uh, Julian, I, I want you to build on what uh, Alex said um, before we went on break, because uh, one of the things that struck me in, in reading this was that, you know, the habits you know, habit one, initiating the greeting and building relationships. Two, making time, having the habit of making time uh, for connection. But then, you know, you, you talk about like uh, learn to greet in multiple languages, which I know you're familiar with, right? So um, help us dig a little bit further into greeting and the importance of yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, first, Alex did a fantastic job and the way you described that, you know, really helps as well. So 
you know, when I when I think about the greeting piece, my, my original thought, you know, is and it connects to psychology actually is inside of us we have a lot of resistance that mm. sometimes hinders our communication with others. And one of the resistance that we feel is this pull between either I move towards people or I withdraw from interaction, right? And you can feel it almost immediately. If you have a conflict with your spouse, very often the first thing you want to do is end the interaction and withdraw from the communication. So the reason why we focus on greeting is because in many contexts, we're going to have that tendency. We're going to have the tendency to withdraw. Maybe it's a conflict we don't want to have, or it's an, a hard conversation that a leader needs to have with an employee, but they don't want to have it. And greeting is really about, as Alex described it, moving in the direction of other people. And if you can put away these little mental hurdles to the side and do the behavior, which is what you said at the beginning of the show, Jay, right? This is about behavior change. It's suspending some of these thoughts and being able to say, okay, I'm going to move in. I'm going to create a new connection. I'm going to create an opportunity for relating. I'm going to reach out to people that I don't know, but that I may need their help if I face a crisis. It's thinking in those terms that, to me, the behavior helps to illustrate. And as you pointed out, also including like this idea of development, right? Like how many languages do most of us can say start an interaction with? You know, can can you say it in Hindi? Namaste. Can you say it in Chinese? Ni hao. Can you go to Saudi Arabia and say assalamu alaikum? Or buenos dias. And if you notice, if you have the ability to speak in different languages, to start interaction in that way, it's going to start it on a completely different vantage point. And it's going to improve the interaction right away. Uh, beautifully said. I, uh, I will, uh, Alex, I'm going to tell you something that caught me. And I started it with you two. And that was the email piece. Because, oh, yeah. the, the, because greeting with an email... So often, it's like, I'll write the email, Alex, hey, listen, I uh, don't know if you got time for this. Instead of instead, what you guys made me rethink here was, hey, I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving, first of all, with your family. And I really mean that. I really do. I really, And I've been using that more and more because I, I feel like I'm doing such a cold opening. Help us understand the importance of, you know, really not being so cold, <laughs> I guess, even in our business interactions. Yeah, it's a really great point. And you're, you might be thinking about the study that we referenced on emails and the positive companies and the companies that people didn't want to work in. And that's exactly what this study showed is that when people like working at a place, they also notice this team in New Zealand, the language at work uh, study team, that the emails in wonderful organizations start with intentional greetings. Like you started, by the way, you, you are a great emailer. I just want to give you credit, Jay. <laughs> your, your emails are great. Um, and the people that worked in the toxic, unhappy workplaces, they just got right to business. There was no greeting, no, no warming it up. And so we really do, we really do need to, to take the time to create a, a good greeting because communication is not just exchanging information. Communication creates our relationships. It constitutes the quality of our relationships. So if you have, it's like garbage in, garbage out. If you don't take the time to build a good relationship, you're not going to get a good one. But if you slow down, take the time to attend to the relational side of the relationship, 
then you're going to have much better results. So in email, in Zooms, in you know conference room meetings that are even formal, face-to-face -face in the hallway, anytime you have a new interaction, you should pause just for a moment to greet others with intention. I love that. I think it's I think it's awesome. And it's so it seems so simple. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, it seems just so simple and it just seems like it's the right thing to do. And yet it's avoided, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's the first thing we drop. Right. I mean, if, you know, I have people who will say, well, Jay, would you stop? You know, just just put it in the headline for me. Right. Of my email. Just just tell me what you want in the headline of your email. I'm like, oh, that's so cold. Right. That, that just doesn't feel good to me. Right. I'm, I want to know how you are. I want to know. Right. It's just, I, I don't know. I, I think sometimes we just, we got to take time to stop and smell the roses, but mm -hmm. that's just me, maybe. All right. Let's move on to chapter three. Ask to discover the unknown. By the way, I love the chapter title, by the way. Thank you. It's, I, well, I feel like, I feel like, you know, we're on the discovery channel. Right. And I feel like there's going to have to be this, you know, ask to discover the unknown. Right. I mean, that's what I feel like we got to have here. Uh, you start out here, gentlemen. Uh, John Maxwell wrote, you say, good leaders ask great questions that inspire others to dream more, think more, learn more, do more and become more. One thoughtful question is all it could take to create deep change. Yeah. Alex, help us understand a little bit more about asking ask to discover the unknown. What are we really trying to get at here? Well, I'm going to let Julian handle most of this one. I'll just say that if you don't ask about your people, their lives, what they're up to, what they're struggling with, how they're doing, then it's very difficult to tell. Most okay. most people show up at work, put on their some version of their game face and get into it. But unless you as a leader ask and check in, then you're not going to understand what they need from you as a leader. You're just going to talk at them. So we want to flip that and say, look, a fundamental leadership behavior is to lead by asking questions. I'll leave with this one statistic and then I'll pitch it off to Julian. And that is one of the statistics we cite in the book is that only 6% of communication acts are questions. And yet those questions drive 60% of the conversation. So leaders need to change the way they think and think, well, if you're asking a good question, you're actually leading people, even though you're not the one that's doing most of the talking. Mm. All right, Julian, you, you've been, you've been throwing the ball. So run. Oh yeah. Thanks, Alex. Uh, you know, so when I think about this piece of the model, the first thing that comes to my mind is this idea that all interactions we're ever a part of, they're all shaped by the questions we ask. So right now, this interview that we're having with you, Jay, it's being led by the questions that you're setting in motion. And every time you do, you make a move, it affects the move that we make next. Mm. And that's the real truth about interaction, which means it's the real truth about connection and relationships, because communication creates our relationships, as Alex was explaining earlier. So the idea is this. The idea is if you can make a change in the questions you ask, you are inherently going to make a change in the relationships that you experience and what, what the thing is. And the most powerful move that we really unpack in the chapter for me is this move from asking a close-ended questions to asking an open-ended question. On a Monday morning, I can go to work and I can ask, did you have a good weekend? And I'm probably going to hear a yes or a no, right? 
But if I come in and I come to a colleague and I say, hey, what have you been up to this weekend? Now the whole interaction is going to go in a completely different direction. That's the transition. If I'm doing an employee evaluation, annual evaluation, and I ask, did you have a good year? Yes or no is probably what I'm going to get. And then, boom, I'm going to just give them feedback about their performance. What if you flip the script and you ask, you know, what strength do you think you really have that we need to capitalize on? Or what would you like to do next year that's different from what you've been up to this year? Or how can we support your professional development? You can see that in every kind of idea here, you make a switch so that you can change what the interaction is all about. Mm. I, I think one of the things that I pulled from this chapter as well was just if leaders will just ask questions, they're, they're looked at differently. They're treated differently. They're perceived differently. Uh, and the better your questions are, the more you're motivating your employees. J just by asking. I mean, that's at least how it came to me. Do I got that right? Yeah, that's exactly you do. right. Yeah, absolutely. Because go ahead, Alex. Yeah, go ahead, Alex. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, Sweet. one of the things we we talk about in the book is the different how engaging a question is compared to a statement. So if somebody asks you an open-ended question, it's almost impossible not to think about what the person's asking about. You you automatically your mind automatically gets gripped by a question versus a statement will go in one ear and out the other. So leading. At questions, good questions is a leadership behavior. And the best leaders, the higher they go, the better questions they ask, we have found. Mm -hmm. Were you going to jump on something, uh, Julian? No, I think Alex got it spot on. I mean, to us, it's it's one of the most important behaviors because it transcends all these interactions from, from everyday life. You know, when you go to work, talking to your colleagues, can you use those moments to discover them? To you've got a difficult interaction and you're not sure what to say. An open-ended question is going to solve that riddle more quickly and more effectively than any other move you could make. You know, what's interesting, additionally interesting in, in this chapter is you have these leadership goals that you throw at us um, here. And, and leadership goal three was open up your group meetings. And you, you quote some data. You said data in this area suggests that are over 55 million, million meetings are held each week. How does, how do we enter into this realm of questions, right? And discovery, how do we, how can we make that happen in a meeting? Because the more I kept thinking about that, I keep thinking about the people that I, I have gone to meetings with and they're bored out of their mind, but I think questions would do that. What kind of things are you trying to get people to do? Who would like to answer that? Would you want to go at this? I'll, take, it. I'll take that one. I mean, uh, okay. I think in the book, we have this example of one of my, the chair of my department starting a whole meeting with a simple question, right? And mm. she asks everybody around the table to just share an example of a recent event that gave us joy. So the question was, what is a recent event that you've had lately that just gave you joy? Earlier today, I had a meeting where she made a similar move. She says, what's something that you're really grateful for that took place this semester? Mm. And every time she makes that move, we go around and we share, and you can feel that one, people are being authentic, that they're being personal, and that we are connecting with each other. So the simplest move you can make is instead of getting straight to the task, 
you begin with a meeting with the simple questions where people have a chance to share. And it really can be anything, it can be professional, right? What's something that's been challenging for you lately to something that's exciting? What's, what's a project that you're working on that people don't know about that really gives you a lot of passion? And you start the meeting by going around the table online or in person, and you'll see right away the interactions will change. That's beautiful. Um, I'm going to jump to chapter four, and I'm going to jump with you, Alex. Uh, compliment to affect people's sense of self. The word compliment uh, is one of those words where um, I don't know. I, I hear the word, and I go, yeah, I know we should you know, compliment people. I get it. But in the business sense, I'm not always sure or uh, that we know how to use it appropriately or what that really looks like. Can you help us out here a little bit more and get some clarity on this word compliment? Yeah, it's a tricky one. Um, think of it as positive feedback, but a little bit more deliberate than that. So here's what we're not saying. We're not saying to compliment someone's physical appearance or anything that obviously doesn't really belong in a professional work setting. But the two areas you should give compliments on is it, people that are comp areas of competence that you see in other people. And also people have a need to feel liked, appreciated, and valued. And so you can compliment people on both of those. And the difference between complimenting and just regular or positive feedback is one of the things Julian said at the top of the call is that when you're complimenting someone, you're not just calling out the good that you see in them, but you are shaping the way they see themselves, even in a future-oriented way. Mm -hmm. So a boss I had a long time ago, decades and decades ago, Jay, <laughs> he, he said to me one day that, and I barely barely interacted with him, only interacting with him for a few minutes, maybe five minutes. And it was my last day of work. I was off to grad school. And he said, you know, Alex, a lot of people come through this organization and many of them over the years have an impact on the clients they work with. And he said, and then other people can have that same impact in just five minutes. And he says, you're one of those five minute people, Alex. You have an impact right away when you begin to connect with people. And I, Jay, I've been trying to live up to that ever since. Decades later, I'm still trying to be that guy that's a, that has positive impact right away. And as I mentioned in the book, I was kind of embarrassed to realize that it took me years to realize that my boss was a five-minute impact person. He, he literally only met with me for a few minutes, and I haven't forgotten it. <laughs> so a compliment is much more than just run-of-the-mill positive feedback. It's also a profound way that you can help the way the other person sees themselves and even into the future, what they could become in their areas of competence and in their areas of feeling connected to you and the rest of the group. Mm, that's really awesome. Julian, go ahead. Yeah. So one thing, I, I mean, first, Alex, I always love this story and a great way to connect. Sorry. So one thing that I think our audience really probably needs to hear, too, is that and I think about that often. And we mentioned that segment of research in the book, which is Anytime you criticize an employee, you're going to undermine performance. And anytime you compliment an employee, you're going to improve performance. And it has to be genuine. You know, Alex is making a, a stressing that point over and over again because great leaders, inspirational leaders, they care about people. 
But in the world of communication, what you do not say does not matter. It's what you say. So I think about it both in that kind of way. So my communication is going to affect performance. Am I going to undermine performance or am I going to improve performance? Do I want to be critical or do I want to be celebrating the strength that I see on people and, and really building my leadership approach on that? And to me, um, effective leadership is about doing the one on the right, right, the latter one, using the power of complimenting to, to affect people in a positive way, like Alex described in his great story. Yeah, that's a powerful story, Alex. That's that's beautiful. Uh, the book, uh, the the men, uh, Julian Mirabel and Alex Lyon uh, wrote this. You're hearing how outstanding this book is, right? Uh, Positive communication for leaders: proven strategies for inspiring unity and affecting change. Fantastic, folks. Get yourself a copy wherever books are sold. Amazon. Just just grab it. It's it's really going to be a game changer for you. I'm, I mean that. Uh, if you make the commitment to do it, it's really going to change you. I'm just telling you, well, you're listening to them here on A New Direction. Hey, folks, Epic Physical Therapy, my physical therapists, I think they should be yours too. Um, they offer, they have a facility, they offer the most top-of-the-line equipment, including the Alter-G anti-gravity treadmill, the Normatec compression sleeves, and my favorite, the Game Ready, that's that's ice and compression all at the same time. And that's just a few. They're trained and certified in the most comprehensive cutting-edge treatments available, like blood flow restriction therapy, dry needling, cupping, and that's just a few. So listen, when you learn, want to make your epic recovery, you want to make your epic relief, you want epic results, listen, don't go anywhere else. Just go to EpicPT. That's E-P-I-C-P-T dot com. You'll be so glad you did. And Linda Craft Team Realtors, for 39 years, they've been serving the world. And listen, folks, here's how it works. They're independently owned and operated. They're unaffiliated with a national company. She built her business by herself 39 years ago and just has worked and worked and worked and created a company where she's connected to the world. And she's helped people sell homes, buy homes, transition in life. And her her clients call her the legends of customer service. In fact, she handed out 639 pies to her past clients and she does it every year. And her first clients from 1985 still show up. It's pretty cool. So listen, when you're ready to sell a home, buy your home, buy your next home, just start with Linda Craft Team Realtors. It's really simple. Just go to lindacraft.com. It's L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T dot com. And we're back here on A New Direction uh, with my two friends, uh, Julian Merrillville and Alex Lyon. Uh, the book, uh, Positive Communication for Leaders, it's it's fantastic. Guys, I hope you're having a good time with this. Yeah, I'm, I'm, sure are. Are. Yeah, I'm, I'm having a blast with it. I, I Before we exit, this chapter, um, I, I I do have to give a shout out to one of my favorite social psychologists, and that's Irving Goffman. Because when I was in grad school, I was a huge Irving Goffman fan, and studied him immensely, uh, and and loved his book Asylums, uh, which was fantastic because he was living in amongst uh, a, a mental institution, amongst people. It was fantastic, and he has the dramaturgical approach, um, which you both talk about and um, to be a little selfish here I do recall a little bit of that uh, from it's a Shakespearean and uh, Goffman quote and it goes something like this we are all actors on a stage and we put on the masks depending on who our audience is and we reveal only the part of ourselves that we want to reveal as we want to only let them see what we want them to see and we dare not let them see our backstage for our backstage is the true self of who we are, and it is not so pretty, and it is not so clean, and it is not the place that we want anyone else to see. 
because it is that that which we protect with the masks that we wear on our faces to the audience that we see. And I've always felt, and I, I think I got it somewhat wrong, but I think it's pretty close. But the truth of the matter is we do mirror um, ourselves. We do wear masks as leaders. And I think that's what's important here is that, you know, oftentimes we, um, we only want our people to know, and I know we're going to get into disclosure down the road of ourselves and authenticity, but this, this comes up in the power of compliments and in presenting ourselves. Um, who would like to jump off of Irving Goffman with me here a little bit? I mean, you know, it's funny you mentioned Goffman because I'm pretty sure in a previous draft of the chapter, we had a whole introduction with Goffman in there and then we decided to take it out uh, to really simplify the chapter. But uh, hard, to, hard not to think about Goffman when you're thinking about communication and what we're describing here. But, you know, when I think about Goffman, I will tell you, I think about how, yes, people are presenting themselves in particular ways. Mm. But I think one piece he may be missing is that we can also do it better. Mm. And, right, we can do it differently and we can do it more authentically. You know, so I think of Carl Rogers uh, in the field of psychology who really is teaching us then to say, hey, if you really want to meet with people, you got to let go of those masks. And um, and what Goffman really showed that I think we pick, you know, really add in kind of the chapter on compliment is this idea that what you say affects another person's identity. It, it casts, we cast people in particular ways through the way we talk. And leaders carry a huge impact because they're inspirational people. They're the people we look up to for shaping our lives and our sense of self our parents, our teachers, our leaders, right? Those, there's not that many groups like that. And so, you know, Goffman is a reminder that, yes, we have masks. I think we can let go of those masks, and I think we can do a better job of, of giving each other a better sense of who we really are. Uh, Alex, would you do you have any advice for giving compliments? Like, are there some practical things that you would say to people? Say, okay, if you're, these are some best practices for compliments. Yeah, the best compliments are always really specific. So instead of just saying, hey, you rock, you know, <laughs> you rock. You Let's say you saw someone give a presentation, and then there's nothing wrong with that. But if you want to make it a better compliment, then you would pick something really specific that you noticed. You'd, you might say, I really love how you opened with a story at the beginning, and then at the end of the presentation, you finish the rest of that story that really packaged the whole thing well they're going to remember that compliment because it was specific and not just vague uh, encouragement and i think the biggest advice and i know julian agrees is the biggest thing with compliments is actually saying them actually delivering the compliment we cite a study in the book where 50 percent of participants in a study prepared a written compliment and delivered it. The other 50% did not even deliver the prepared compliment because we feel like it's going to be awkward or, oh, they don't need to hear it from me. So the most important part is actually expressing it in writing or face-to-face. -face. And that's the hardest step because you're putting yourself out there. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was, I thought that, that's, by the way, excellent advice. And I agree with you. I, I think it's very difficult for uh, folks to put themselves out there. Let's get to chapter five, disclose to deepen relationships. Um, I'm going to go jump to you, Julian. Um, help us understand disclosure to deepen relationships. 
So this is always one of the touchy ones, right? Especially in the context of leadership, uh, you know, and we often tell people like, disclosure is not about telling everybody everything about who you are. Uh, we understand that you've got to make choices, you know, about what to reveal and what not to reveal. That's, that's part of communications, part of relationships. What we are saying, though, is that if you pay attention to the way that we relate to each other, you will notice that when we feel connected, what has taken place is someone said something personal. You know, we revealed ourselves in a genuine way, and then people connect with that. So that can be as simple as just saying, here's a story, here's something that happened to me in my life, or here's a challenge that I faced as a leader, or here's you know, something, an encounter that I had that was really meaningful. The moment you share that story, people are going to be connecting to you in a much, in a much more real way. Mm. Alex, Alex likes to talk about disclosure in a really cool way. So I want to set him up. Tell us what makes communication so and disclosure so magical, Alex. Well, I, I even have my prop ready. So <laughs> in communication, disclosure and reciprocity is the closest thing we have to a magic wand. So here's my Harry Potter magic wand purchased at Ollivander's, I believe this place is called. When you disclose, the most likely result without you even asking them a question is that the other person will reciprocate. Mm -hmm. So if I told you something personal about myself, or it doesn't even have to be all that personal, it could just be some professional struggle that I had or some story the most likely result is you will share a story in return. It's almost like magic. And when you do that, it's like exchanging holiday gifts. You can literally feel yourself bonding with the other person because you've just shared mutually in, in, in an equal way. And it's, it's a, one of the main ways that people develop closer relationships is through disclosure. You have to use your judgment. You don't air your dirty laundry you don't get too personal too fast take your time step by step get to know each other over the long run but through disclosure if you if you're opaque and you never reveal anything about yourself it's going to be really hard to develop stronger relationships can i share a story uh, James, yeah. be okay as an example i'll try to make it really quick here but when i was i was dean of a college for a while and I had an employee, I was trying to get this person a raise and I could not do it. And one of the re main reasons why I couldn't get this, this person was unbelievable, okay, in terms of what they contributed, but I could not get them a raise. And the main reason I could not, which was coming from the top, was that they did not have a college degree. Mm. So I had a choice. Do I tell this person the truth or do I kind of wiggle my room around it, right? And I decided to have a really hard talk with this person and tell them, listen, you really need to pursue a college degree. It's gonna help you in so many ways. It's gonna help your career, your professional development, your personal development. That was disclosure too, right? It's sharing with the person how I honestly felt about the situation. And they were upset with me, you know, and it, it really, the interaction was difficult and it was hard for them to hear. And they felt like maybe in some part of it, I was betraying them from not getting them a raise. But soon enough, that person decided to enroll and get a college degree. They're about to graduate this year and finishing off. And years later, they came back to me and they said, thank you so much for encouraging me to pursue a college degree. I know I was not listening, but it's the best thing that's happened to me in my career. Mm -hmm. So to me, disclosure is not just, you know, like sharing your story, but it's also being willing to have hard conversations and knowing that you're investing in people long-term. Mm -hmm. It's, it, you, you 
you bring up in this book that Carl Rogers put it this way. When somebody speaks authentically, we recognize that he not only means exactly what he says, but that his deepest feelings also match what he's expressing. And, you know, as a Carl Rogers fan, you know, when we speak authentically, that doesn't mean that we're always speaking um, easy things. It does mean that we have to speak difficult things because that is part of disclosure is that there are difficult things conversations that we have to have and and you talk about granny's book uh you know uh, and and as well in this book um fantastic stuff I'm, i want to ask before we're, we're running out of time here which is just a shame uh, I, I don't know who would like to take this alex or julian um but give give folks the connection between gratitude and disclosure who would like to tack that one well i can do that that's pretty straightforward in that uh, gratitude is one of the things that we often feel toward other people. Well, but, but like complimenting, we often don't disclose it. But but gratitude and being on the lookout for what we're grateful for will change our disposition toward the people that we are leading and to our colleagues. So in that way, getting in the habit of saying, Julian, I'm so grateful that we got to write this book together. You're an incredible writer and such an inspirational friend. You know, that disclosure is so powerful that because but but i'm being vulnerable right people don't this is not an easy one jay <laughs> people have a hard time saying i don't know if i want to disclose i don't want to let people get to know me but there's such value on the other side of it and so gratitude is one of the most powerful things that you can disclose is how grateful you are and thankful you are for the people around you and on your team thanks alex by the way you're yeah. welcome um guys we're out of time uh, the hour has gone by really, really fast. Uh, I don't know if it's gone fast for you, but it's gone really fast for me. I could be doing this forever with you because uh, I'm really, I'm really enjoying. I'm really enjoying the conversation, and I know um, that. Uh, in fact, I've got somebody who's chimed in from Nigeria, Dr. Latana Okoye uh, from Nigeria, is watching. She said, "I just want to say I'm here." Well, thank you for joining us, Dr. Okoye. Appreciate it. Um, so, uh, guys, tell us. Let's tell everybody how to get a hold of you, uh, Julian. How can people get a hold of you if they want to talk to you or if they want to reach out to you and get more information? So, the easiest way is to become a friend with me on LinkedIn. Uh, I post very regularly. I give tips and advice for how to use positive communication. Come, come join me on the LinkedIn community. I'm also at uh, julianmarivel.com. J U L I E N Marivel M I R I V E L dot com. And Alex and I have a space for the book called Positive Communication for Leaders.com, where you can learn more about the book and, and what we can do together as well. Awesome. And Alex, tell people how they can get a hold of you. LinkedIn. I am all over LinkedIn and I actually answer all those things myself. So I'm really all about that platform. And you can find me on YouTube, Coach Communication Coach Alexander Lyon, and uh, my website, alexanderlyon.com. Awesome. That's awesome. Guys, thanks. Stay with me for just a second. Folks, you, this is the show. And, you know, I tell you that you're in control of three things at all times. That's your attitude, your effort, and your resiliency. Listen, I know that circumstances can be difficult. I know that things can be tough. I know that things can be a challenge. But you have a choice in your attitude. You have a choice in the effort. That's your excellence. And you have a choice because we all do get hit in the mouth now and then to get back up. So choose that because that's within your power. I'm going to be back next week with another great guest, maybe two. <laughs> it's going to be another great book, which means it's automatically going to be another great show. As I say to you all over, you know what that is. You had a lot of choices. You chose us. Thank you. I'm grateful. Give us a thumbs up on YouTube. 
And you know what? Maybe give us a positive view wherever you're listening to the show. As I say to you all over the world, you know what that is? Ciao, everybody. Your dreams will take you places you have never been before Find your passion, find your strength Don't worry